0: So the lectionary text from the Old Testament for this Sunday is from Jeremiah, 29th chapter. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a setting of what is happening here in the year, about 605, 600 years before the birth of Christ, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came surging in like a giant wave over Judah, overtaking it, and when the wave receded, he took with him all of the leading citizens of Jerusalem back into exile into Babylon. Uh, The the king at that time, after a few years, tried to rebel and not pay tribute. And uh, and so that's why the exile was was, uh, undertaken, so that these people back in Babylon were essentially hostages to make sure that the kings back in Jerusalem would continue to pay tribute to Nebuchadnezzar. And so there was a line of thinking that uh, the people left back in Jerusalem, they had correspondence, so they knew the conditions in Babylon, they, they talked to each other by, by snail mail, Pony Express or something like that, and, um, and so they, they said to the exiles, just hang on, it won't be long, you'll get to return soon, maybe just a couple of years. And uh, that was sort of the prevailing attitude, uh, that, that this was really just sort of a mistake that God got. It was a temporary letdown that God had, had made uh, for the Jews, and that God would quickly come to his senses and people would return home. Uh, Jeremiah had a minority opinion, and we're going to hear his letter to the exiles now. This is the word of the Lord. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to the exiles whom I have sent, whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, don't let the prophets who are among you deceive you. Don't listen to their dreams, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you. I didn't send them to you. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed, 70 meaning an image of at least a generation, a long time. When, when this time is completed, I will visit you. I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call on me and come and pray to me, I will hear you, and when you search for me, you will find me. And, you, and if you will seek me with all of your heart, I will let you find me. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all of the nations. And I will bring you back from the place to which I have sent you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. So I'd like us all now to take a deep breath in. And then slowly exhale because that's kind of what I think we're doing here today. We're exhaling after having been through quite a few days. We're here to breathe out, to give thanks that it wasn't worse, to reconnect, to be reassured that this place is still here, that we are all still here, that we are okay We look forward to the return to normal. We can't wait, some of us, to get back to the office tomorrow. To just get back to returning to the way things were. It's this sort of feeling that the exiles had in Babylon. They just wanted to get back home. But before there could be a homecoming, the reason there was a longing for a homecoming was because there had been a forced evacuation. There had been a storm of the military superpower of Nebuchadnezzar that came in. They left against their will, as many here probably left temporarily to go. We had to just pack up and go. You had to leave things unfinished. You, didn't, you weren't able to pack up all of the food that might spoil. You couldn't make any long-term plans. You just had to get out. And and so the the horizon of our concern was was limited. All we could really think about was the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. All we could do is think about the the um, short-term issues of our welfare. And. So that is how the people in Babylon were thinking. They were just thinking short-term. They moved to an interim location. Maybe your interim location was, was Lake City or, or Tampa or somewhere in Georgia or Tallahassee. Maybe you were staying with friends or relatives, if they let you. Um, or maybe you were in a public shelter Wherever you were, you weren't in, in your own space. You weren't sleeping on your own bed. You weren't at home. You were sharing space with others. You were, uh, your decisions were, were sort of constrained by the, the way things were around you. You had to worry about simple things like, will we have enough gas to make it through this? Will the roads be open enough for me to get where I need to go before it gets really bad out there? A loss of control and a, a, a simplifying of life to its barest necessity. And we can do that, we did do that, but for how long? We assumed this would be very temporary, and for most of us it was, you're Those of you that left, how many of you left? Went somewhere other than your home? See a few of you. You're back. You're back. It's good to see you. For for those who had to leave, it was bearable. Maybe even a fun adventure, because it was short term. No long term planning. If you went to a motel in Lake City, you didn't start redecorating the rooms. You didn't start landscaping the outside. You didn't start looking for a job in Lake City or trying to get your, your kids enrolled in school there. No. You were just there on, just as an interim measure. But what if I told you you can't come back home? What if you were told there will be no homecoming? None you cannot come back. Your whole generation will stay where you are, deported, exiled, in a foreign land. You will, will stay there until you die. That's maybe in, in the future, your children, maybe your grandchildren, they'll return, but not you. If we were told, if we were told this, we'd say, no, that's not right. We want to go home tomorrow. We want to go home very soon. Did you see the glee of people driving over the bridges as they were able to come back to the beaches on TV? Did you see all the the joy of people just being able to come home? But what if you were told, no, you can't, and you never will? So... In essence, Jeremiah, Jeremiah was telling the people, your future is where it is now. If you have a future, if you intend to grow, if you think you will have a family or a business, it's going to be there where you are, in that place of displacement, in that place of unsettledness that you never planned for. That's where it will happen if it's going to happen at all. God's future is not being postponed for you. You can only postpone it for yourself. God's rule and love for you is not derailed and eclipsed by Nebuchadnezzar. No, this apparent end to your life, this upheaval of, all that you had is really a necessary place for you. It is necessary. It is necessary because life in Jerusalem had become so corrupt, so empty of true meaning. Worship so devoid of sincerity and God said because I love these people, I'm going to use Nebuchadnezzar to help teach them. It reminds me of what Jesus said about a grain needing to fall into the ground and be buried and die for it to be able to bear any fruit. For indeed, the exile was not the end of the story for Israel. Despite the initial shock and horror The mourning and the homesickness for Jerusalem. The time that Israel spent in exile was among the most fruitful times in Jewish history. Many of the great prophets from Ezekiel to Jeremiah to the soaring words of 2nd Isaiah came from this period when they were in exile, rather than being tied to a temple as a source of God's presence, there began to be a growing awareness that God was with them even in these faraway lands rather than being tied to a certain place. And so rather than seeing that the loss of Jerusalem as an ending, the people improbably, began began to be more and more hopeful in the 60 years 70 years later babylon fell and the people were able to return but the cataclysmic event of the exile was burned into their consciousness never to be forgotten it soon became no more than a chapter in a wider and longer story that god was writing for his people. Now, I want to think about this whole idea of displacement and forced movement in a little bit of a different way. Maybe get out of the context of our immediate meteorology and geography here. I think we were all created with an inner homesickness an inner drive or necessity that sends us out looking for our true self. In other words, we need to leave home like like Odysseus to find our true self. We are created with an inner restlessness and a call that urges us to take risks and to seek out that which We are hungry for a God sized hole in us that needs to be filled. It is as if God has created the very dissatisfaction that only grace and finally divine love can fill. I know people who have found their exile or their displacement in divorce, in depression in not being able to find a career, in not being healed, and in so many other ways. These are not to be romanticized places. They are are or can be devastating places. But they are not places without the grace and hope of God. When we are in places of displacement, we dare not try to fill our souls and minds with numbing addictions or diversions or mindless distractions. For God is found in places like Babylon, precisely in the depths of their displacement, maybe especially in the deep fathoming of their exile, or in our failing and failures and falling. So the sin is to stay on the surface, the surface of even holy things like church and the Bible and sacraments, and just try to go through it quickly, try to take the shortcuts so that we can get back home The easy way. But we've all were told by our parents, weren't we, that shortcuts don't work. And that if we go to the depth of anything, we will ultimately begin to knock on something substantial, something real. We will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water water which may not stay within its bank, but the tree, nevertheless, is evergreen, ever fruitful, sustained, and sustaining others. And so we are invited to find a place of investment in our displacement. Whatever that looks like, whenever that happens to us, It is not the place to escape from or to hope that God will quickly uh, lead us away from. It may be exactly the necessary place for us to grow, for us to go deeper than we ever have in our lives as we journey toward our true self with God. Amen.